Hello, hello, hello. This is Coffee Jug. Guys, I'm here with another episode of Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. This week, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Something that wasn't originally planned when I started to scope out the season um, or this episode run for Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. As you know, the last couple episodes, we have had several interviews, and I have decided to break mold of this routine for this week. The reason being... Um, is that I kind of had a revelation this weekend and uh, late Sunday night. And so I want to share that with you. Before I jump into that, I just want to remind you of how much I appreciate those of you who are listening to the podcast and giving me feedback um, and letting me know what you enjoy, uh, the big key takeaways. Those types of things really help me craft um, my skills as an interviewer, uh, the people that I'm looking for, and things like that. And so as we've moved over platforms, I've, I've, I'm starting all over with my data. I'm starting all over with basically everything of my podcast. And so, as always, if you enjoy any of the episodes, please give it a like. I would love a review on iTunes and just any way you can support the podcast through your support to the channels of your podcast listening. That all helps this podcast get into um, the ear canals of new people. So, let's jump into my big revelation from the weekend. Woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs. Talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation. Aaron Mauer, outside the box thinker, here to teach each and every teacher how to tinker. Living on the edge of chaos, going insane. Listening to coffee chugs like caffeine for the boring. One of the top teachers in Iowa, word is born. Here to show the world that there's more here than corn. Chaos. So, here I am. It is a, a Tuesday morning. I wanted to record this yesterday, but I just wasn't quite mentally ready to bring the ideas from my brain um, and kind of barf them out here uh, through this this spoken word. But a couple things happened. This, this past weekend, I had a fantastic weekend. I was able to get back home to see my parents uh, back in Indiana, and I was able to experience a Notre Dame football game with my entire family. I'm diehard Notre Dame, which I know right there will make some of you excited and some of you completely like just disregard me 100%. But hey, you know, when you grow up 15 minutes from campus, it's naturally going to happen. The Irish is going to get into your blood. But this is something we've been talking about for quite some time as a family. I said I've always wanted my kids to experience the atmosphere of Notre Dame, to see the campus, to get inside the stadium and just feel the energy and, and all the things that come with a college football experience that you can't get watching TV. And we have put this off for, for many years. Um, and the reason we have is because of all the things that we all deal with, right? Uh, you know, it, it costs too much. Or what about the weather? Or, man, we just we have a lot to do. Or we've got a weekend. We just, we just want to take it easy because we're exhausted, because for those that don't know, my wife is, is also an educator. And we had all these, these reasons, very valid reasons, of why we haven't done it. And then finally, this over the summer, we had this revelation that my son's going to high school. And he loves football. But once he gets into high school, our weekends aren't going to exist, especially during football season. Because he's going to have something going on, and we're never going to be able to get to Notre Dame game. So we took the plunge, and we went. 
and it was great. Uh, we had a fantastic time. The weather held off. Uh, Notre Dame didn't play very well, but man, we had a great time walking around campus and checking out the grotto and the basilica and touchdown Jesus and the reflection pond and obviously people watching and, and listen to the bagpipe band play and, and check out the Golden Dome and, and then obviously the game itself, which, you know, it was a good game. It wasn't very good for Notre Dame, but we got the W. Um, and then spending time with my parents and then and then making it back home. And it was so good just to get away from everything. But this is why I share the story with you. Um, that Friday driving in and Sunday, not so much when I was at the game, I felt guilt. I felt guilty that I took a weekend away with my family I felt guilty that I spent Friday night and Saturday and Sunday not doing schoolwork. I felt guilty that I wasn't creating content. I felt guilty that I wasn't on my email. Uh, I felt guilty that I wasn't up at 4 a.m., you know, writing or developing or doing all the things that happen with, with work when it comes to education. And even though I'm not in the classroom... You know, I think many educators can relate to this feeling, I mean, maybe people even outside of education, where you feel guilty that you're not being that educator. And I just kept thinking, like, this isn't right. Like, where did this shift happen that um, I feel guilty that I'm taking the weekend designed for me to get away from work? And... Wanting or feeling the need to work that whole time. Part of it is I feel I'm always behind. The to-do list is huge. And I sit and do so much during my work, quote-unquote, work time that I, the, the to-do list just grows. And you find yourself up, for me, at 4 a.m. doing two, two and a half hours of work before I get to work. And then oftentimes in the evening. And I watch my wife, who teaches all day to a huge vastly diverse set of students and giving it her all to come home exhausted and we figure out what we're going to do for dinner and who's taking a kid to what practice and making sure that we're spending time as a family at the dinner table because that's really really um, essential to us as a family and then as the kids start to settle for the night she's up doing schoolwork till 10 11 o'clock at night I mean it's just crazy to me and the reason that I bring this up in this is I saw this blog post by Rafranz Davis, um, and I always respect her honesty and how she says a lot of things that many people are afraid to speak and say. And I'll link this blog piece into uh, the show notes. But she had a blog post called, I'm an educator, but I'm also human. And the idea being that this message has been conveyed to educators that uh, we need to be on all these social media channels as educators. Um, and she just shares about how she is more than an educator. Uh, she has a huge love for a pop band, and you know she has a grandson, and uh, she just all these things that are really important um, that are more than just education. But as I was reading her and thinking about the guilt I felt and all these different things. I was thinking something even bigger, and it was the idea of this, that by not being one-dimensional, by not being strictly education all the time, we become a better educator. By me hanging out with my children 
and my wife, one, my kids. Like, I, I as a parent, I am their most important teacher. The lessons and the messages and the actions that I share are more powerful than what any educator is going to do in their classroom that they have with my children. Like, that's the reality. Um, and so what message, what things am I going to be doing? The second thing with that, as we start to think about this, is it keeps us understanding what educators are dealing with in the classroom. Like, I constantly think about my three kids, even at the Notre Dame game, we're in the van and how we're constantly trying to answer their questions and, you know, as parents, meet their needs and keep them from fighting and arguing. And then you scale that to 30, and it's a great reminder of, like, oh, my gosh, I can sometimes barely handle my own children. God bless educators that have to deal with 30 of them all the time, right? And so I just think it's it's, it's a great reminder in, in those ways. The last thing that I, that I think about is, and it, maybe this is spurring some thoughts for you, is um, the idea that there's no such thing as work-life balance. You can't balance it. I, I firmly believe that it you can't. It moves it in an ebb and flow. Where when I'm in my work, that's my time to do work. And I should be giving it my all. I should be dialed in. I shouldn't be distracted doing things that I shouldn't be doing. But when I'm not working, I should be able to break away from that. And there's no way to balance it all. I know for me... One thing that I have to figure out into my equation is my health. And I think about not just the blog post of um, Refrans and, and what she talks about, how she's more than an educator and the feelings that I felt over the weekend of, of the guiltiness. But I think about an article that was on Wait But Why um, by Tim Urban. Um, I'm not sure quite when it was, but I'll put the link in as well called The Tail End. And it's basically this huge article about all the graphics of figuring out how much time we have left here on Earth. And he has it broken down by how many winters, you know, if we were to average out that, say we live to 90, you know, and I look at that thing and, okay, I'm, I'm almost down to, you know, 50 some winters left or 50 Super Bowls left or 50 Notre Dame football seasons left. Um, And we start to break that down. Like there's really not that much time left. Um, Or if I think about, you know, I love reading and I probably get through maybe five full complete books a year, the way that my reading patterns have changed. That's only 250 bucks left. Like, what are those books going to be? You know, and so I think as we as we think about these things, um, we have to break free from these mental barriers that we have imposed on ourselves. Because the only people that have imposed them are, are on me. Like, so I need to purposely make the time on my weekends to not do that work. Because we have to get ourselves around involved in a community that matters to us. Our priorities matter, and our quality time matters. In the end, nobody cares, really, honestly, and I hate to say that, about you and the work that you've done. You know, when I left of middle school that I taught at for 14 years, which I love very dearly, and moved into this new position that I'm in my second year at, yes, I still have great relationships with, with several people there, and we're in constant communication. But that school district and, and, and that building, 
they don't care about me, nor should they. They moved on. My classroom that I worked in looks different. The, the services provided look different. And that's not a pity party. It's no different than when a teacher retires that's had a great career and everybody's sad and upset or maybe excited, whatever, there's a whole range of emotions that come with that, and a new teacher comes in, they redesign that entire room to be theirs. And after about a month or two, nobody cares. The kids don't know any different. A few family members are going to remember that as in nostalgia that they had this so-and-so teacher. But things that people will remember, your family and your friends. And so driving back to Indiana, I... We were sharing stories about my grandfather who passed away, and we were talking about our family and this and that and the memories of, oh, my gosh, you remember when I was a kid and this happened over here and this and that? Like, those people, those priorities don't go away. So we have to think about that. And that's not to say that education isn't important. We all know the impact that educators have on the lives of children. But in order to have that impact, we've got to get away from it. And I, and I think about two quotes that I've had written down on note cards since this summer as I have transitioned from the clothing of my nonprofit and then moving things back in and really being purposeful about being more present and, and actually home more um, after the last couple of years of, of traveling quite a bit during the school year. And I leave you with these two quotes to think about because whether you're a parent or a grandparent or Maybe you don't have kids, but you have family that you care about or friends you care deeply about. These quotes are going to resonate with you. The first one that I think is, is really important for us to think about as we think about our lives and, our, and the quality time and the priorities that we have left here with those we love, with the short amount of time we actually have here on Earth, is this, that the work will wait while you show the children the rainbow, but the rainbow won't wait while you finish the work. And so when I'm really tired and my youngest asked me to come outside to watch her ride her bike, why do I say no so I can check my school email as opposed to saying yes and watching her and watching this young kid pedal freely? There's no rules. There's no ramifications. There's no, there's no standards. There's, there's no exit ticket. There's no anchor charts. There's no data on a spreadsheet to let me know how um, proficient she is at pedaling a bicycle. She's a kid, and I should be experiencing that because in a few more years, she's not going to be doing those things. And is that a product of kids just naturally growing up, or is it a product of they get tired of asking and being told no? Um, something that I have to think about. And the last one is this one, which is probably my most important and one that I read every day to remind me that the work that I've done, the closing of my nonprofit, to be home more, um, saying no to other speaking engagements, saying no to this extra work that I've so often said yes to, is the opportunities will always be around, but your kids won't always be kids. And as I think about those two things and leave you on that note, I want you to reflect on, on your life. Where in your life have you sacrificed a moment of life, sacrificed an experience, an opportunity, because you felt tied down to your work, tied down to a situation in which you just felt you couldn't do it, even though deep down you know that was the best thing that you should have done. Guys, I just think it's important as I continue to work with educators 
and am married to one. I see the stress and the burden that's taking place in education with so many teachers. The pressures are high. The stakes are high. They're forcing great teachers to become mediocre teachers as they try to bring the bottom teachers up. They are trying to go back to a system where they want everybody on the same page doing the same thing in this robotic system, even though we know darn well it doesn't work. And as society continues to shift and change into agile learners and agility in the workforce and economy in the business world, teachers are feeling this brunt of stress unlike anything they've ever experienced. And as the needs differentiate more and more every year for these teachers in a, a classroom of 30 students, and the expectations are that they differentiate when no one can clearly give them a clear example of what this differentiation should look like in a realistic manner, and when they're working so hard to meet all their needs, doing everything in their wheelhouse, we have to make sure that we take time to be with our friends, be with our family, to get out to a college football game or to get out and hike, um, go outside, have a cup of coffee with a friend, do something that's not education related. Read a book that has nothing to do with your PLC or latest school's book study program. Um, go watch a movie. Go to the ice cream parlor and not just snarf it in your car, but sit outside and enjoy it. You know, it's fall. Hope you're excited to get out to the apple orchard and just pick apples. And soon, going out to the pumpkin patch and picking pumpkins and carving pumpkins. And even if you don't have children to do that with, you should do it yourself. And so I leave you with those thoughts because this is something that I'm grappling with and I don't have the answers to. But after this weekend of having a great time with my family and having conversations with my kids that I don't, wouldn't normally have at home in the hustle and bustle of life and cell phones and schoolwork and practices... You know, I've, I've, got a, I've got a very, very short window with my oldest before he's off on his own in college life or whatever post-secondary leads. And I've got a middle school daughter that just needs to know that we're there for her. And I've got a young one that's still a kid that still wants to play. And as we think about those things, you know, don't let those moments slip because you never get them back. Think about your opportunities. Think about your priorities. Think about what matters. And make sure, as Rafan Davis said, you don't stay one-dimensional. All right, guys. This is Coffee Chug signing off. Let me know what you think about this. Thoughts, concerns, questions, ideas, experiences. Until the next episode, stay awesome.